Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but after weeks and months, amen, I think we appreciate what we have more than we ever did before. Amen. It's all right. I was listening to a pastor the other day. I don't remember what state he was in, but the governor said, you're going to worship the way we tell you to worship or we're going to shut you down. kind of got in my spirit I think sometimes we forget that God wants us to worship him as he has called us to worship him and we ought not to be ashamed of it amen cause in power he was resurrected he resurrected himself in power after three days he rose from the grave. He told the disciples to go and tarry in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high. I don't know about you, but there's an excitement in my heart over what he's done for me. And yes, yes, sometimes we go through seasons in our life and we go through trials and tribulations that somewhat affect us physically and sometimes emotionally. But God don't let me ever forget what you've done for this old boy and how you set me free. Dear God, let me always have a heart of praise, amen, and worship unto the Lord. Yeah, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just feel like dancing. Is that all right? Sometimes, as Brother, Brother Mark did just a minute ago, he just wanted to worship, amen. And, and, so, and the devil will say, well, you're just putting on a show. Well, glory to God, no, I'm just dancing before the Lord. I'm worshiping God, and that's okay. You worship him how you want to, amen. But don't you judge nobody. Don't you judge nobody for how they worship you worship him how he calls you to worship him. And it's all right if we were to all just get beside ourselves today, amen, and look the devil in the eye and say, I'm going on with Jesus. We're going to be all right, amen, for he has not left us. My Bible tells me that he'll go with us to the very end. Don't you think that God has gone on vacation? Don't you think that he stepped out of the room for a minute? He's still very much in control, and we're still the victorious church that God has called us to be. I believe we're having one of them look what the Lord has done moments. I'm about to go somewhere just a minute. I just need to, need to share this. I need to get this thank you, off my off my chest. And some would be critical of me. Well, pastor, you're supposed to be you know, real easy going and you know, you're supposed to be kind of reserved, and, and I do. I pray for God's wisdom, but it breaks my heart what's happening in America today. 
but I don't want to live my life in fear. I want to use wisdom, and we've done that, and I'm grateful. I want to say thank you to the LCAC. Can we give them a hand today? Let them know how much we appreciate them. Working together, amen, to try to, to seek the Lord and make best decisions. We, we, we want to use wisdom. But I woke up the other morning praying and God spoke to my heart. And I heard this in my spirit. At some point, we've got to let fear go and start walking by faith. At some point, we've got to step out on what we've said we've believed in for a long, long time. Irregardless of the naysayers, and I don't believe that it's being rebellious to do, to do just that. I believe it would be rebellious not to obey the Lord and to walk by faith. Sometimes that includes making decisions that we've had to make. But we will continue to do the very best we can in the wisdom of God to make the right decisions so that we can address the needs of the people as we go forward. But I don't want you to be so connected to what you're seeing and what we're having to do in the moment right now that you miss every opportunity to worship God and receive from Him today. We are the church. And we don't walk by fear. We walk by faith. And faith in the Word of God. And faith to be led by the Spirit of God today. There was a gentleman who posted a write-up, and I can't remember where he was from, Belmont or somewhere. And, uh, and he literally petitioned, and I don't know at what level, I don't know if it'll ever amount to anything, but it was in a paper. He literally petitioned that they would shut the churches down. I can get the information if you'd like to look into it. I'm, I'm not just saying this. It broke my heart that the man just had no faith, doesn't believe in God. He believes everything that we're doing, every church everywhere, every denomination is just living by fables. He, he said, we need to shut the churches down because what they believe in is more dangerous than this virus. someone responded to that letter and I won't call their name but they responded to that letter and they said these words and I thought thank you Lord it went on to say that I hope one day sir that you will realize that God is real I hope one day sir that you will come to realize this great salvation that I've experienced and that you will accept Christ as your Savior. I hope one day, sir, that you've done these things and when we get to heaven, I really hope to see you there. I said, what a response. We don't have to fight the battles that God has already won. All we gotta do is be obedient to the Lord and walk by faith. And God's going to take care of everything. Don't you believe that? But I just want to tell the world right now, this ain't a fable. It's not a fairy tale. 
it's just as real as you're sitting in that pew right now. And I'm just praying that God's church is going to march forward and that we're going to be a revelation in word and in demonstration in the power of our faith that people will experience salvation through Jesus Christ, that they will experience the greatest gift of all that they could ever experience. And that is to be free. This weekend and certainly Monday, we celebrate Memorial Day. It's a time we set aside each year to remember those who died in active military service because their sacrifice, we enjoy the freedoms we enjoy today. How many is thankful for our veterans who died? They, shed, they literally shed their blood in active duty and action fighting for our country. High price was paid by these dedicated to the cause. I looked up the report and I don't know how accurate it is, but the report that I was able to look up said upwards of nearly 3 million plus people in the United States since the Revolutionary War have given their lives in active service for our country. We must never take for granted the cost of that freedom. Uh, hear me and hear me well. I don't care what's happening in America right now. We don't never, ever want to forget those who died for this country and shed their blood, paid a high price. Freedom is so valuable. They did it because they wanted us to have a free country and have the blessings and the privileges that we have today. Freedom is a valuable commodity. It's so valuable the enemy opposes it. How many believe that? The enemy opposes freedom. They challenge freedom and they seek to destroy freedom because freedom doesn't complement the agenda of the enemy. Patrick Henry in March 23rd of 1775 ended his speech to the Virginian convention with these words. He said, Almighty God, I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. He was willing to die for the cause of freedom. British soldiers had formed a presence in the colonies and as he was making his speech, he was declaring that their presence there was not to protect their interest. Their presence there had a greater agenda. They were there to enforce British rule over the colonies in order to avoid becoming a slave to British rule, Henry expresses the need to raise up militias to fight in these colonies for their liberty. Thus approximately a month later, a month later, the Revolutionary War began to obtain independence from England. Today I want to share with you for a few moments on this thought. Somebody said, uh-oh. He's taking his jacket off. That's because it's hot up here. Freedom of a heavenly nature. Freedom 
of a heavenly nature. Stand with me as we read the word of God together in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Turn there with me if you will. I want to begin reading at verse 31. Have it say amen. Then Jesus said to those disciples who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. You don't have to turn there. I just want to read the scripture. The Bible said, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Freedom of a heavenly nature. Father, we ask you that you would take this scripture and that you would let it begin to move into the heart of each and every one of us today. Your word, Father, that you would speak to every heart and every life that's here and watching by social media today. God, we desire your will. We desire your leadership. Father, give us wisdom, but let us, Father, always walk in faith. God, let us today leave this place challenged, needs met, and, Father, refreshed in all that's taken place in this building today, in Jesus' name, hide me behind the cross and be glorified. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. There are many today who have not gotten to enjoy the blessings of freedom that we know as a country. Many living overseas in third world countries under dictatorships, that have never known the freedoms that we enjoy, that we have had the privilege of being able to draw from. God has been good to America, hasn't he? God has been good to us here in America. The blessings of God have been so great. And I want to talk to you this morning about a paradigm that I believe is very important that we see not only in the generation we live in, but also in the beginning of time. There was a paradigm, uh, something today that is very important to the very soul of who we are, uh, not only as declared Christians uh, today, but also as people who are truly, whether by declaration or not, uh, seeking the face of God uh, for what is most important in our life. Uh, we must understand today uh, that there is a paradigm of what we see in the scripture 
of what Jesus is talking about versus uh, the things that we have seen in the land of America today since 1775. Uh, we have seen uh, something that mirrors literally in many ways uh, the very heart of the enemy. How many knows that it's good to know your enemy and to know his nature and to know uh, what he represents and to know uh, his tactics and to know, uh, amen, how to defend yourself and protect yourself uh, against the enemy. Well, there is a real enemy today that many literally have not seen yet they've experienced they have uh, literally been uh, imprisoned by this very enemy. His name is Satan today. I want to tell you uh, that in the paradigm of what I've just shared with you concerning uh, br the British soldiers and Patrick Henry, we see uh, that there is an enemy that wants to keep them uh, and keep America from walking in the freedom uh, that we had today. It happened way back then, amen? And even in scripture today, we find in the paradigm that there is an enemy called Satan. Somebody say, yes, he's real. There's an enemy by the name of Satan that seeks to do everything he can to keep us from walking in, not in earthly freedom so much, although that, uh, that is also part of his agenda, but one of the greater freedoms that we had ever known, and that is freedom in the very soul of who we are, amen? I'm telling you, Satan has set out uh, from the very beginning of time uh, to do all that he can to imprison humanity, women, men, boys and girls everywhere. He's done everything he can uh, to try to entrap and imprison and destroy. For the Bible said, uh, and Peter began to speak it, uh, that we must be vigilant because our adversary, the devil, uh, he walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This is a very real thing in this life that we're living in but we must also understand that we have a hope that is greater than any attack that we face. We have a hope and that hope is not in a church building. That hope is not even in our assembly. That hope is not even in the freedoms that we have in this America today but that hope is in Jesus and somebody shout hallelujah you'll never find that hope in your bank account you won't find it on your job you won't find it in religious amen choreographed ministries but you'll only find this freedom in a real and true experience with the Lord Jesus Christ yeah, we understand since the beginning of time that the enemy has always tried trying to do everything he could to keep us from walking in the freedom of the Lord. It began in heaven. Satan is described by Ezekiel in this way. In Ezekiel chapter 28, he said, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald 
emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. The Bible depicts of Satan in such a way that we see his beauty. He was a beautiful cherubim. His name at that time was called Lucifer. He was a star of the morning. He was around the throne of God and he was involved in the music many believe. And at some point in that time he became prideful. His perfection had caused the corruption and rather than be a worshiper he wanted to be worshiped in the midst of all the blessings he had of God. He allowed pride to rise up within himself. Many believe that it was because of the beauty that God had covered him in. Many believe it was because of the prestige and the position that he had in heaven. For whatever reason today, we got to understand that Satan had a corruptive moment in his in in his life. He began to realize that there was even an opportunity for him to be worshipped. Now I want you to understand something. It would be foolish today for him to think that he could overthrow God. Amen. Because God created him. I, I don't believe that that was a very thought in his heart, but I do believe that his mind was corrupt and, and he began to make a decision within his heart that he would rather allow himself to be worshipped than to worship God. He couldn't overthrow God. I believe that was the very thought process of his mind. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through 15, he said, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weaken the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. I want to go ahead and say something here just because you have a passion he meant to God does not always mean that you have the provision come on somebody just because you have a passion don't give you the provision Satan had a passion he wanted to be bigger than God but he didn't have the provision it was impossible for this to take place. There was no way that this would ever happen. But God begins through the prophet Isaiah to declare the end of the enemy because of his failure. Even in the beginning, God cast him out of the very place of heaven because why? God is supreme. God cannot be overthrown. He's not going to leave his office. He's not going to resign. His sovereignty is eternal today can somebody give him glory 
All the generations that have gone on has not moved the heart of God nor the power of God. All the problems this world has ever seen has not shifted God from his ability. I'm telling you, I don't care how lost you are, he's still able to save you. I don't care what the circumstance is, he's still able to deliver. I don't care if it's coronavirus, if it's the flu, if it's cancer. I know these things happen, but it doesn't shift God from his sovereign ability. He's still on the throne today, and somebody ought to give him the biggest glory you can. Romans chapter 14, verse 11. He said, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord. As I live, says the Lord. How many believe he's still living? I'm trying not to come down. But I feel the Holy Ghost anointing in this place. Satan could not overthrow him because he's sovereign. Romans declares unto us these words. He said, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. Satan, I just want him to know today my freedom doesn't exclusively rest in the Constitution of this United States. I thank God for it, but I don't rest my hope completely in the Constitution. Because I know what happened to Paul and Silas. They'll lock you up and throw you in the prison. But if you're free in your spirit, you can still praise God. Can somebody give him glory? <laughs> they can throw you in a fiery furnace. But if you are free in your spirit, you can get ready and rejoice that there's a God that's going to show up in there with you. I come to tell somebody, we're blessed in America today, but don't you hang your hat on the American values. Hang your hat on the cross of Calvary where Jesus bled and died. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm backing up. Well, it's all right. This is the freedom that we get to enjoy today. What good is it to be free in America and on your way to hell? Somebody ought to say preach. What good is it to be free in this world and be able to go do whatever you want to do and enjoy the, the blessings of life and finances and money, hey, bad, and you, you build your barns, but you wake up one day and realize my body's wearing out. I'm near death, and I, I'm looking to an end of something in a hopeless condition, but somebody ought to understand this was the purpose of Satan 
from the beginning to blind you from the eternal truth that'll set you my goodness I feel the Holy Spirit it'll set you free amen this is why we shout. This is why we praise his name. This is why we glorify him. Because we're not free in America alone. We're free in our heart. What good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul today? Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. Satan, from the very beginning, when he was cast out of heaven and landed in the Garden of Eden, it began in heaven and continued in the Garden. He begins to inflict upon humanity the nature of sin by temptation. God had created the perfect human. Look at somebody around you and say, You're perfect. In some ways. What do you mean some ways? I remember I used to look in the mirror when I was a kid and said, my goodness, I'd go to school people. They didn't have freckles, red hair, light skin. I mean, they'd dress, get my clothes on, go to school, and that seemed like nothing matched. That's why I wear black most of the time. Seemed like nothing matched. I always hear complain. I said, Lord, you know, why'd you have to make me a redhead? With freckles, now I'm a bald head. With freckles. With a watermelon painted on the top. <laughs> Happy 17th anniversary to you too. But I used to, when I was a kid, I, I was caught up there. This is how the enemy works. He wants you to look at other people and try to determine your worth by how they look and what position they have. See, see, there's a paradigm here. It happened in heaven. Satan couldn't be satisfied just being like the rest of them and being blessed like the rest of them. He, he had to, to create a differential in it all. In other words, Satan didn't want to come along somebody and praise their God. Amen. For being created of God, he wanted somebody to worship him. And, and the spirit of the enemy and paradigm wants you to look at other people and declare who you are by their worth. And this is where I was at. And I spent many years going through this. I'd look in the mirror at myself and I, I was disappointed. I said, how in the world did, 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 did God uh, do this to me? Why would God do this to me? Even when I got saved, I appreciate that. But I always wondered, why did you make me good looking like some of the other folk? Did the church say, man, 
and the enemy was battling in my mind. And I heard somebody say one day, I was a kid, I'll never forget it. They said, Brother Brett, son, let me tell you something. God don't make no junk. So look around somebody and say, you're perfect in some ways. In the creative way of speaking where God made you, gave you life, you're perfect. But then you have the factor of Satan. You have the factor of the enemy. And from the very beginning, he is sought to try to, to imprison those around him with the sole purpose of them not serving God and walking in freedom but living a life of sin bound by the chains of sin and being a worshiper of Satan. Jesus said it. If you sin, you are a slave to Oh, now. And this is what Satan wanted. If you go back to the place where Christ was tempted, Satan even offered to, to give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he would just simply bow down. He had, a, he had a complex. He couldn't just appreciate that God was God and be grateful and, and, and glorify him for who he was. He wanted to be elevated into a place where people would look to him and depend on him. And, and I wish some. This is where he was at. This is who he was. And so he comes to the garden and he begins to declare unto Eve. He said, listen, he said, has God truly said, has he, has he truly said that every tree of the garden you may freely uh, eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat? For in that day you eat of it, you'll die. How many know Satan is a liar? He's cunning. He's crafty. Some of your grandkids or your children, you're praying hard for them because uh, Satan uh, is doing everything he can uh, to confuse them and to imprison them and to manipulate them. And he's even going so far as to point his finger at the church uh, and say the church uh, is not relevant, uh, that it doesn't have the power it says it has. It, it doesn't have uh, the sovereign grace of God that it says it has. Well, I beg to differ. Amen. Today, I'm not serving a dead God. I'm serving a God that is alive and well. He's cunning. He's crafty. And he'll do anything he can. He's manipulative. He sees an opportunity to overthrow the freedom of humanity that they had in God. How many know the, the word said that Adam walked around with God in the cool of the day enjoying the blessings of God? This is how it was supposed to be. But then he meets with Eve and he sets the course. And the Bible said the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He asked that question and the question draws attention to the point of temptation. How many knows until Satan asked the question, they weren't even worried about it? Amen. They were just living life, enjoying the goodness of God. They weren't thinking about that tree. They wasn't a thought crossed their mind about even eating of that tree. 
they were blessed. They were in freedom and liberty in God. But then he asked a question which draws attention. See, God gave command, don't touch it. But Satan questions God. And this is what he tries to do to imprison the heart of people. He trips them into lives of sin. And then he brings them into a place where they begin to question the authority of God. And Eve responds to the question with wisdom in Genesis 2, verses 3, verses 2 through 3. And he said, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God is saying, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Good answer, Eve. Now today the enemy has won in the battle of the mind in so many when God has said that murder is sin. Amen. There's another answer from a mind that has been altered by the, the temptation of Satan that says it's okay. Amen. To abort babies, it's never okay to kill babies in the womb. It's the come on, somebody. Preacher, we had to get you on down the road. Well, it's okay to live lifestyles of fornication and 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 and, and adultery. Amen to God and 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 sin of its most abominable nature, even coming into the levels of of, of being gay. And I'm the preacher, you shouldn't have said that. Well, that's a, that's where we're at today. What God said has been altered by what man wants. Or is it the enemy? There's a higher cause that is fighting against the very fabric of the freedom we hold dear in America today, and that is Satan. And if we rest our hope in that alone, then we've missed it. Satan is your adversary, he ain't your friend. Come on, somebody. He could care less about the word of God. He could care less about God's will for you. He doesn't care about your liberty in God. He has another agenda and he'll do whatever he can to get a grip on you. So his response is, oh, it's okay to fornicate and live in adultery and lie and steal and kill. Come on, somebody, am I preaching it's okay. Oh, no. No, God's not going to send you to hell over those things. He's a loving God. He, he don't hold you to a standard. Amen. He, he just forgives you. Amen. Loves you. And you do those things. You can continue to live that lifestyle. And Oh, everything's going to be all right. We know you were born this way. No, you wasn't. Sin nature was in us because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, but you wasn't born to be imprisoned of the enemy. You were born to be glorified by God's wonderful grace. Come on now. Eve says, we'll die. But he tells Eve, you're not going to die. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil in this crafty way. He tempts. He tempts. Don't you know people today are standing flat-footed on a false narrative as if it was the word of God? 
And I got news for you. If it ain't the word of God, it's not going to stand. It's just not going to stand. I don't care what it is. It's not going to stand. It's got to be the foundation of truth. He takes Eve to the door and paints her a pretty picture. He said, now you can be like God. Ain't that what he wanted? I want you to be like God. Don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to be important? Don't you want to be worshipped? Don't, 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 you want to, don't you want to know things that God knows, good and evil? Knowledge of evil takes us to the door of temptation, and this is where Satan has taken humanity. Pornography. Oh, preacher, he's going there. I knew uh, 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 several people this probably happened to, probably thousands, but I know of one in particular. Innocently one day turns on his computer years ago and it starts just popping up on his computer. Those images sometimes are hard to get out your mind and the devil knows it. Y'all mad with me now? So many end up in a prison by the temptation of that. And for years and years, and, and, and we in the church, we sitting back and judging them. Oh, we sanctified and we got it all together. We just didn't turn on that same computer. Well, preacher, I'm, I'm saved. I know what I'd do. I'd just turn around and walk away from it. I, I would like to hope we would. And if we stay near to God, we can. But the enemy knows what he's doing, so he entraps us with a visual of it. And it doesn't have to be pornography. It can be anything. It can be a drug addictions. It can be anything. And then he brings us into a place where I go ahead and tell you this. It can be envy, strife, jealousy. These things can become an imprisonment to your life. And you ain't really free. You can go to church all your life and because you're jealous of, of, of different ones sitting in there with you, you're supposed to be your brothers and sisters and you're envious and all these kind of things, you ain't free. You ain't free. You need to be free. You're trying to find your freedom in your church attendance. Y'all really don't get mad with me now trying to find freedom in the position you hold or in the money you give in the offering plate just trying to find your freedom you ain't going to find it there the only place to overcome the temptation of sin is to resist the devil and submit to God this is the only way 
It's not going to be anything that we can do to overcome it. The devil knew this. And so he leads us into this way. And, and, and James 1 verses 13 through 15 said, Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God can't be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when Jesus had conceived, oh, excuse me, then when desire, I need to put my glasses on. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Knowing leads to temptation. Doing brings forth sin. And sin brings forth death. And this is the plan of the enemy. It ain't time to retreat, church. It's not time to retreat. God's word's still true today. Doing these things, and Eve did. She disobeyed the Lord, Adam as well. And enslaved by the grips of sin, freedom in God at that level was lost. But unlike the freedom we speak of in America across the world today, we're speaking of a spiritual freedom, a heavenly freedom, a freedom that death of all humanity cannot provide. Those who have died for our country have given us an earthly freedom. Many across this world have never known. They've lived their whole lives, never tasted it. Those of us in this country have both tasted it and lived it, but all the freedom in the world can't compare to heavenly freedom. I'd rather be in a deep, dark grave and know that my Poor souls saved. Y'all with me? And deny my God and lose my soul. Amen. What's the writer of this song saying? I'd rather be free in my soul than be a slave to sin and a slave to this world. Amen. Your slavery ends where your sonship begins. Come on, somebody. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart, it rolled away. It was there by faith I've received my sight and now I'm happy. Smile at somebody like you. I'm happy. Grandma used to tell us years ago when me and my brother would get in a fight, she'd say, love your neighbor as yourself. If that's love, I don't want none of it. I've seen a lot of happiness I don't want none of. <laughs> it was there by. I've 
sing that song in the context and with its words and still be just as bound as anything. You can be just as miserable as anything because in the paradigm of what the British wanted to do to inflict upon America Satan succeeded in doing in so many lives and all the bloodshed of humanity can't fix that it started in heaven it continued in the garden but your slavery ends where your sonship begins Let me say that again. Your slavery ends where your sonship begins. Where does it begin? At the cross. At the cross. At the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw and the burden of my heart rose. It was there my faith I've received my sign And now I am happy all the day Hold just a minute Everything Satan had inflicted humanity from the garden until now has been defeated in one moment In one moment by one man by the sovereignty of God's power and by his grace. Jesus came to purchase our freedom from the enemy. Sin makes us slaves, but the blood of Jesus makes us free. I got to say that again. Sin makes us slaves. For those of all you out there that say you're happy, this ought to make you shout. The blood of Jesus sets you free. That's not a light word. That is not a light word. To be free and to be a child of God. Heavenly freedom came at a high price. There's freedom in America right now because many died for it. But there's freedom at the cross because God shed his own blood through Jesus. And you don't have to be a slave today. You can be at liberty. Stand with me if you will once and for all. You can be at liberty. Let me go ahead and say this. The most dangerous thing you can do is listen to the enemy right now. Because he'll talk you out of meeting Christ at the foot of the cross. He'll do everything he can. And I'm not going to give an altar call today, but I want you to know right now the worst thing you can do is listen to Satan. You know what he'll say? Oh, you all right. 
There's nothing wrong. You don't need to do anything. Just, just, you know, hey, let it go. Tomorrow's a new day. Let me tell you something. Tomorrow come, then the day after that will come, and then another day will come, and the more you put it off and the more you push away, you're going to find yourself, amen to God, at a place in your life at some point where you're not even, not even feeling any conviction anymore. You're not even responding in any way anymore. What are you saying, preacher? What, what, what I'm saying is, is if God is calling you to be saved today, you don't need to pull push him away you don't need to listen to the enemy you need to say Lord I want to be free and you need to come to the place in your life right now where you meet with the Lord and you accept him as your savior and you repent and you let him change you from the, from the, the position of slave and set you free and make you a child of God this is only done as you accept who he is and what he's done on the cross and that he did it for you and that you desire to turn from your ways and let him be Lord of your life. Preacher, I don't need to do that. I've already done it. Well, then be an advocate for salvation in your life. Amen. Be an advocate for salvation. we got to reap this harvest, don't we? That means we can't be quiet about who we are and what we've experienced. If we know him as Savior today, we need to let the world know, folks around us, Jesus is Lord. I don't care if you have to put a bumper sticker on your car. Don't be ashamed of it. I remember years ago pulling up to church and I had all kind of stickers on my car. The South's going to do it again. Y'all didn't get that one, did you? That was in my teenage years. and I'd come to church and I'd had a little OS-10 Chevrolet and I had the whole back glass plastered. American flag, Confederate flag, Hank Williams Jr. Oh, y'all mad with me now. Don't act like y'all. I pull up to church, and I was proud of that. I didn't think nothing was wrong with it. That's just between you and God, but God convicted me of it later on when I came back to him. I was in a backslidden place. But when I surrendered my life back to the Lord, you didn't seem to put that kind of stuff on the mirror anymore, but I want a cross on there. Jesus saves. Meet me at church on Sunday. If I'm going to put a sticker on there, I want to put something on there with somebody riding down the road and they ain't never seen me before in my life and they see that, they're going to like to believe that somebody in that vehicle knows Jesus. And even your enemy if he's in a mess or she's in a mess, 
will come to a child of God because they know the goodness of God. They know the goodness of God. They may reject Him. They may reject His sovereignty. But they know the goodness of God. If you don't believe it, accept the pastorate and move into a parsonage by the church. You'll have people knocking on your door that know the goodness of God in a time of need. Come on now. It's the truth. Don't be ashamed of it. We're free. We ought to rejoice in that. We ought to praise God for that today and not be ashamed. I feel his Holy Spirit. Well, preacher, you're just crazy. No, you just need to get a good dose of what I feel right now in your heart, and you'll understand. Hey, man, there's a reason to shout. If you think I'm waiting to get to heaven to turn this loose, I'm going to let somebody know, hey, man, that he is Lord of my life. I'm not waiting till I stand before God to give him the praise that he deserves. I'm not waiting, hey, man, and riding a couch to heaven. I'm not riding a recliner to heaven. I'm not riding my job to heaven. Uh, amen. I'm going to ride my faith to heaven uh, and the same God that saved me. He's the same God that will save your lost family. We need to preach the gospel and we need to be a people of faith people of power, a people of courage, and a people of boldness. Are you that today? Amen. God, we love you today. I want to ask everyone, if you will, just lift your hand up where you're at as we pray. Father, I'll cross this building. Maybe there's some right now that they don't know the freedom of Christ. Maybe some watching right now on social media, they don't know the freedom of Christ. They don't know what it feels like to have gone to the old rugged cross and to have accepted Christ as Savior of their life and believe that He is the Son of God and, and to turn from their sin and to allow Him to be Lord of their life. They haven't made that decision. They don't know that freedom. They don't know what it's like to be taken from a position of slaveship to becoming a son or a child of God who is free. We, we, we need them to, today to truly, sincerely, God, sense the presence of the Holy Ghost speaking to them. And Lord, we ask you that you would touch them in such a way Lord, that they would respond and that they would be saved and freed today and experience that eternal heavenly freedom. Lord, I believe that today you're moving in their life. God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for those that you have saved that has experienced that heavenly freedom. I pray, God, that you would let us rise up as a church with a declaration of praise and glory. Lord, preaching the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Lord, discipling lives as they come to know you as Savior and reaping this harvest. God, don't let Corona or any other Rona stop us from being the church. God, let us have wisdom, but let us walk in faith. And God, we thank you for bringing us back into your house today. We pray for our, our families who've had veterans, God, who've served and gave their lives for this country. Mamas and daddies, husbands, 
even wives, children, Lord, that have lost a loved one that was fighting for our country. We pray, God, a special grace and blessing upon their life today. Throughout this weekend, Lord, let them let them be refreshed and renewed. Let them be blessed and loved upon. And God, that you would take us as a church today when we leave this building, not taking for granted what you've done. Lord, we want you to open up the heavens. We want you, Lord, to, to pour out and equip us and empower us as we take these steps ahead to accomplish the kingdom purpose of God in our life and in the church. And Lord, we'll forever give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Everybody give the Lord a great big hand of praise and glory in the house of God.